Rachel Sunday. And we who are here are fortunate to be here. Believe that. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. You know, last night we sat down to talk about Palestine on an episode of What Should White People Do? And I don't know about you all, but this has been really hard to watch. It has been really difficult to watch as hundreds of people are protesting, saying, please, please, do not bomb, do not bomb. And yet it happens anyway. Children are being found in the rubble. More and more footage is coming out of what's really happening to the Palestinian people. Like, you know, this isn't like they're being guided to safety. There's no, you know, there's no barrage of, you know, planes and trucks and it's not like that. People are trying to walk however they could get to safety. That's what we're doing. That's what, you know, it, it really is a situation that you have to be like ice to literally be, you know, unmoved by it. But yet some people are. Some people are. Some people see this as a means a bigger, you know, a great thing. Like I, I can't even say that in a good way because it is not a good thing in my opinion, right? You have innocent people, particularly children who are being murdered. You know, you have parents having to show up and identify their children. You're trying to run for safety, but you have nowhere to go. You tell me to evacuate by dropping a bunch of flyers on top of me. What? I mean, what are we doing here? And why is it that humanity is okay with watching this shit? You know, why is it that humanity is seeing this shit? I mean, Israel, Israel war crimes are, I can't even say that, I'm so mad. Israel has been allowed to commit these war crimes for so, so, so long. And now they're getting a pass. They're getting a high five. They're getting a high five. Last night on our series, What Should White People Do? We spoke about this because you're seeing anger and hate. You're seeing people talking about flattening Gaza to the ground. Like they don't care. They literally don't care. Right now, the people in Gaza, they don't have water. You know, they're running out of water. They're running out of food and they have very limited medical supplies. Like everything is like on super ration right now. They can't escape. Don't get fooled by what the West is telling you. They cannot escape. Like this is not a situation where they can say, okay, I'll just take an Uber and go around the corner. Imagine living in a situation where you are so close to it. You could take video of it. This is your backyard. Not the sound of cars driving by and people laughing and rain falling and probably some other sounds that drive you crazy or annoying. They don't even have that privilege. Parents are having to identify their children if they find them and vice versa. 
Children are being separated from their families. We have orphan children showing up everywhere. Some might say or attempt to argue, well, these people should have, how? How would they? How would they? If you know the history here, the real history, not what the West wants you to know, the true history, like what all started it, all of it, this is a power struggle. You see, this is about accusation and killing and justifying war. You know, let me, let me just say this, right? I can, I'm so confused. I'm so many emotions. Last night I ended the pod and I want to apologize to everyone who's tuning in and also my guests. You know, nobody felt a way, but I was so, you know, we had a moment of silence for the people in Gaza. And this has been so hard to watch. This has been so hard to just sit here and you feel like your hands tied. So I'm trying the best I can to tell the story, share the footage. But let me tell you something. The attack on Islam is real. Okay, the content, you know, some of the content is getting through, some is not. Some is being spliced. This is not without any level of, you know, something happening. Right. And you need to know that. So if you see content or you have content, please share it. Right. Share, share the story, share the share the duas. Say a dua for Palestine. Say a dua for Gaza. You don't know how to or you don't know one. Google it. Google it. Go on YouTube and look it up. Right. This is not OK. There are people who have their job security being threatened because of their pro-Palestine beliefs. What the fuck? What the fuck? This weekend alone felt like five years, you know? Going back to the people who want to try to argue, well, the people of Gaza should, how? Tell me how. If you have seen any of the footage of what's happening over there, if you've even bothered, that's a real ignorant fucking question and a statement, all in one, right? These folks are crying out for help. They cried out to, for help. And, you know, it's being painted. The picture that's being painted is as if, you know, they were just, you know, everybody was just sitting there outside. And then out of nowhere, here comes, here comes Gaza attacking Israel. That's not, no, 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 no. Israel has a history. It has a history there that people need to think about, right? Israel war crimes didn't just start. And this is all about power, place, and privilege. Mm-hmm. Now, what's also interesting is the U.S.'s role, the United States' role in this. Because so far, the United States has shown a lot of support for Israel, right? Which is very interesting, considering the mass outcry, right? Why hasn't, as asked last night on the pod, why hasn't, you know, the United States said, hey, hmm, we demand a ceasefire? Why? Why is this attack on Islam being legitimized and validated? Why? Why is that? Why, why, why are people okay with this? How many pictures? I mean, do you all think those pictures are fake of those children? I, I doubt that highly. I doubt that highly. As I started saying, and I veered off, because it's so hard. This is so hard. You know, yesterday, we had a moment of silence for the people in Gaza. And typically, when I end the episode, I thank everyone, and I... I, that was not on my mind last night, and I do apologize. And, you know, in the moment we were doing it, and we, we ended right there, which is fine. There was nothing wrong that happened. But I just want to say in advance, just in case I get in that zone again, thank you all for continually liking, 
subscribing and sharing the pod. We truly appreciate you all. We can't do what we do without you. Now let's get back to it. You know, the thing about it is the Israel war crimes didn't just start. Let's just start there. Here's another thing. The fact that there have been hundreds of protests, hundreds, not one, not two, not three, not four, not even 10, hundreds across the world saying, hey, please don't throw bombs. You're going to kill children. And the world just watched. The world just watched, right? <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I don't have COVID. I'm just dealing with a dry cough. Now, see, I have to explain that because when people are speaking in their truth, we have to always validate ourselves. Israel just got to fuck up an entire community. And I don't know about you, but that was hard to watch. That's hard. You know, the pictures of the rubble, the pictures of, you know, people being able to actually take footage of this. Could you imagine living like that? And then on top of that, they're getting victim shamed. They are being victim shamed, right? Israel is just sitting there talking about, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And the gatekeeping, there is no freedom of speech in America right now, because if you attempt to speak up, there may very well be, you know, repercussions, right? Very well be. There has also been a large silencing of, you know, the support for Palestine, right, by the West. Did you know that? Did you know that Latin America is actually in full support of Palestine, but you're not hearing about that, you're not seeing that because it's being dominated, the space is being dominated. And as I said on last night's episode, the thing about this with Palestine that's interesting, or as that other layer, right, is the fact that neither the Republicans nor the Democrats are showing signs of wanting this to stop. So that begs the question, or should I should say, beg the question of what else is at stake here that we don't know about? What else is going on? Why are so many okay with this ethnic cleansing that's happening, this genocide? Why is it okay? Why is it that, um, you know, social media platforms are gatekeeping people's stories and voices. Why is that? Why do you think that's really happening? Okay, we're in a big information age. Like I just said, if you can, please, please share the stories, share the duas. We need prayers. Because here's another thing that's happening. This is a quiet attack on Islam. And, you know, it is expected or being purported that the Muslims are going to strike back. Now, earlier, Iran said, hey, Israel, if you don't cut it out, we're going to have to get involved. Now, see, this was something that came up last night on the podcast as well, right? What does that even mean? What does it mean, what's happening over there in Gaza? Does that mean another war? Some did not think so. Most of us do. You know, Manny talked about his peers. Manny's only 18 years old, a resident of New Haven, Connecticut. And his friends are already talking about the possibility of being drafted. Generation Z is watching this and they're looking at the rest of us like, um, are you going to do something or are you just going to wait till everybody's dead? 
because they have to now think about if all those hopes and dreams that they just thought they had is even going to be a possibility. I don't understand. Did we learn nothing from COVID? I thought we had this whole acknowledgement of human life. I thought that we realized that human life is precious. And I thought that most of us didn't want a war. Or maybe it's just a few of us who thought so. Because that's what it's looking like. Right? How much more? How many more? And then while all of this is happening, those who are affected, right? Innocent people are being victimized, stigmatized, categorized, criminalized. All the eyes are on them, right? I saw a video, um, a caption of the uh, pro-Israel supporters in New York City over the weekend. And I have to be honest with you, I almost threw up after. I almost threw up after because you're hearing, you know, people saying they support Israel and they want to see Gaza look like a landing strip. They want to see it flat. They, they don't care. There's no type of, you know, empathy, sympathy. But you know what? If you look into the history there, right? See, because right now Israel is saying, oh, Gaza did this. So we're going to do that. You know, we're, we're in the playground, right? But why don't we tell the truth about Israel and Gaza and why they're so, you know, why is that important? What is this really about? What is Israel trying to prove? Someone said to me earlier, you know, as we were talking about um, what's going on with Gaza and in Palestine in general and, you know, this whole thing with Israel. And their comment was, you know, it's so funny because. Jesus was one of the biggest Jews, and look who killed him. It wasn't the Muslims. It was not the Muslims. All right? And then people forget, the Muslims gave the Jewish people refuge. What happened to that? Why are we hearing more about that? Why does that not matter? It didn't happen. I kind of feel like, you know, the stories of things that happened, that things that were done to the people of Gaza and Palestine in general, you're not hearing about that. You're not hearing about the Jewish people spitting and trampling their graves, right? You're not hearing about that. And as was said by one of the Palestinian representatives, you know, they don't get invited to say their piece. Israel could show up on any platform and say, well, I did this because of this, this, this. And you hear that side of the story. But where is the opportunity, right? for the Palestinians to say what they have to say. You know, I don't know about you, but when you look and think about it like that, doesn't that sound like something else that happens right here in good old America? Doesn't that sound like black and brown people and what we have to endure here as well? Because, you know, our access is limited. I mean, let's go back to America now for a minute. Here's another thing that's happening right here, the whitewashing of the Palestinian movement. There's so many black and brown people who support and stand with Palestine, but they do not get an opportunity to present themselves or be present because why? Most of the rallies and protests are white led. Okay, so if we are aware of said incident, if we want to show up and show support, we are limited. Black and brown people are limited and we're tokenized.
So typically what happens is, is like a sprinkling, maybe one, maybe two, three at most, right? And you, you get your limitation. You only speak for so long. You probably won't get, you know, to be featured because you're not important enough to them. So they'll give you like a random spot and say, oh, yeah, uh-huh, that's all we have. Uh-huh. I'm speaking from experience. Trust me. You know, and I doubt it was my hair color that did it. This is what happens. I mean, on a larger scale, what's happening over there in Gaza, this is about power, place, and privilege. And what's fucked up right here in the movement for Palestine in America, you're watching the power, place, and privilege playoff from the movement itself to dealing with all who are anti-Palestine and pro-Israel for the most part, right? And what we need to see and what has to happen, right? Because Islam is, if not one of the biggest religion in the world. What just happened in Gaza is now attack on Islam. It always was, it always was, right? This is ethnic cleansing, this is genocide, right? That's what it is, okay? And so you have to ask yourself, how far is too far? How far are you willing to see this go? We're right at the tip of a World War III. We're right there. There are people pushing for it. Why do you think that is? Now, see, let's go back to COVID for a minute. Here's what COVID did. COVID gave an opportunity, because you got to go back before COVID, what was going on. What was happening before COVID was that black and brown people were you know getting successful they were starting to recognize themselves they were standing up for themselves they were talking up against the brutality and injustices they were present and then bam covid happens just like that and then next thing you know right black and brown people we disappear for a little bit because for like 15 minutes there apparently covid didn't affect us i don't know that's just how we were treated the vaccine wasn't immediately available. Um, the education and resources in general were not immediately available. It had to be fought for, right? It became an insurance war because of course it was all about the money. You gotta follow the Benjamins, right? But who suffered and who's still suffering, okay? So now COVID has somewhat subsided. And I say that because, you know, we talk about COVID and we say, oh, I, I, I don't wear my mask, whatever, but people are still getting sick, all right? And I would advise you take your precautions. I bring that up to say, why the fuck after a catastrophe, a worldwide catastrophe like COVID-19, the first thing the quote unquote major powers of the world looking to do is start a war? Why do you think that is? Because like COVID, what does war do? It strengthens that wealth gap. It maintains the oppression. Who you really think pays for war? You think it's the wealthy who pay for that? No. Who you think they're going to draft first? If they go to war, right, if this turns into a World War III, which is what is starting to look like more and more and more, and for those who want to debate that, we could do that. I mean, we could do that. I'm in no way advocating violence. Let me just say that again, in no way. If anything, I would like for everybody to say a prayer, particularly a dua for Palestine and Gaza, because the people cried out, the people cried out to man and man ignored. Man did not hear their cry. 
The people screamed in pain and man ignored. These people have nowhere to go. Their food, their water, their electricity, everything, medicine, the supplies are lessening. They have, they're trapped. They're trapped and they're dying. Parents are having to identify their children. They reached out to man, man ignored. So now we're asking you to say a dua and ask Allah to intervene. Allah has to intervene. Allah has to step in now and protect, guide, and strengthen the people of Palestine because man was not willing, able, or wanting to do so. So please, no, we are in no way advocating for war. We are speaking of it, not advocating. Please know the difference. However, in saying that, there are many wealthy, privileged folk who would love to see a war. That's all the Republicans have been talking about ever since Trump lost. Any which way to fight a war, any which way. But don't don't look at the Dems like they're innocent either because they have not exactly been, you know, not avoiding the conversation. They haven't been minimizing. Like said last night on the pod, how come Biden didn't say ceasefire? What's taking him so long? Why are so many governments just sitting here scratching their chins and watching? Because again, who pays for the war? Where do you think they're going to draft everybody from? Who do you think they're going to draft first? Now, I didn't say that they're not white people who are already, you know, in the armed forces, you know, part of that. I didn't say that. I said, who do you think they're going to run up and, you know, recruit? Remember, they got to make sure they have the right number for the front line, right? This would be a nice way to say to your young black and brown children, hey, I know your family's struggling, but you know they're not going to say it like that. They're going to present us this great opportunity to serve the country and send these babies off to war. Aren't you tired of all the single parent homes? Aren't you tired of the housing and job insecure black and brown people? I'm tired. I'm tired of the war on black and brown people in general. And I'm tired of the war on Islam, because this is a war in Islam. What is happening in Gaza is a war in Islam. It did not have to go this way. That country has been an open air prison for too, too, too long, right? For those who want to or attempt to argue, well, they should have done this and should have done that. How? Say how, right? If that things are done in such a way where the oppression is maintained, those people have endured more war. Like you have, like I, I started off saying, you have children who grew up hearing the sounds of sirens and bombs and all of that, you know, shit that will definitely give you at the very least anxiety. Okay, PTSD. All right. They don't get to hear the sound of, of friends and and you know that neighbor arguing or the car screeching. That's not, you know, not all those sounds they could relate to. They can't relate to being able to just be, man, right? And I don't know what it will take for people to see because as said, hundreds, thousands protested over days and days and days, days and days and days saying, let's not do this. Please don't do it. Don't let it happen. And yet humanity is failing Gaza. The movement itself right, I, I'm speaking locally here in Connecticut, is so white-led, right, 
you know, I, I'll tell you the truth. I have no interest in going to um, a, a pro-Palestine rally, especially one that's led and organized by white people because white people like to get violent. And that's not the messaging that we are here to um, support or encourage, right? That's not it. If anything, say a dua. The best thing anybody could do for Palestine and the people of Gaza right now is to say a dua, D-U-A, okay? Dog, umbrella, apple. There you go. You could put it into YouTube. You could Google it. That's the best thing you could do for Palestine and Gaza. If you want to do a little more, if you see stories or you see posts, share it. Let people know. Because right now, most people are either ignorant or they only know what they see and what was exposed to them. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. Right? For myself, I'm tired of going into white-led white organized spaces, heavily white spaces that are supposed to be about our people, right? Yet we are displaced in those spaces. I am definitely tired of that. Latin America has heavy support for Palestine, Africa, right? Other countries around, black and brown countries around the world, you know, even in the West Indies, support in Palestine. But in this country, especially in this state, for reasons that only privilege can explain, the movement and the whole you know, advocacy space is white-led. And you almost have to you know, do like a friggin' proposal, a project proposal as a black or brown person to even be allowed to be part of the decision-making space. Like you have to qualify. So what the fuck? You, I mean, the way this thing operates here in Connecticut, you would swear these people are about to go to war and that you are trying out. And if you do not qualify, well, fuck you too. And I'm like, bro, if, if we're all here for the same thing and I come from a country where we have experienced this type of shit more than you ever would. And on top of that, I am in a country where I'm continually criminalized, stigmatized and all of that shit. If we balance it out like that, then I think I have more reason to be leading the march, right? But you don't see that power, place, and privilege, right? We don't see enough white people using their privilege. Here's another example of white people just standing around like clueless and shit, like looking at each other like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do. So how many people have to die? If you know that people's jobs are at stake and people are getting written up, you know, they're getting threatened with their job security, or even if that isn't happening, but you see and hear about what's happening there, why aren't you sharing it? Why aren't you spreading the information? Why aren't you defending people, right? You have instead, you have pro-Israel supporters happily telling the world, blatantly telling the world, oh, no, I think they should flatten Gaza, and that's okay. I don't think so. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But what also has to be realized and understood and accepted, right, by white people in particular, I get that you care, but you're not the only ones, right? And by you gatekeeping this space right now, you think you're doing such a great job protecting the cause and you're not. What instead you're doing is, is that you're spreading misinformation about a movement that's bigger than you, period right? There are millions of Muslims across the world, and they're in different color, shapes, sizes, and locations, all right? 
particularly for the black and brown ones, they relate more to this than you ever will. So while we appreciate white people for showing concern and wanting to do something, let's not get beside ourselves here. If you choose to you know, do all this advocacy work and then turn around and then you're gatekeeping the fuck out of it, then what was the point of doing it? So then you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You're doing it more for your clout and for your self-satisfaction, which is narcissistic as fuck. And here's another thing you're doing indirectly. When white people hog that space, right, then you turn around and you act to think that black and brown people don't talk or think about it. That's a lie. That's a huge lie. That's a huge lie, right? But then you also purport the image that you're the only ones who do. Mm -hmm. The same thing is happening with the climate movement. You'll swear. People swear. Black and brown people don't recycle and care about the environment. Are you serious? Most of us come from countries where, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one of mine. I miss having a clothesline. I ain't going to lie to you. I miss air drying my clothes. I really do. I genuinely do. My clothes had better quality back then. It lasted longer. That's just me. I miss having oranges. I could actually squeeze and eat. I come from a country where we did a lot of eco-friendly things. Don't try to shove me out of the space just because you, you now decided to give a fuck. But that's what happens, right? And that's what's happening right now with what is happening in Palestine. You see? But then when you tell the white people about themselves, right? When you say things like this, don't think it comes without repercussion because now you have a bullseye. I would know. Because now you just became an enemy of their state, right? So you see, you see how the power and control goes from Gaza right to your backyard? You're talking about how, you know, Israel shouldn't be doing this and that to Gaza, but you're doing it to other people. So make it make sense for me, please. Mm -hmm. Help me understand you. Because I could tell you something with a fact just last night on the Sound of Black and Brown. Manny was here talking about the fact that his friends are talking about the possibility of being drafted. This is a real conversation happening in black and brown communities and amongst black and brown people, particularly black and brown men. How about that? But how many spaces do you see that being encouraged, welcomed, or even invited? Mm -hmm. Notice, notice for very few exceptions, very, very few. You're also seeing, or it's not being presented, the thoughts and considerations of the black and brown lawmakers. So from the people to the lawmakers, the black and brown people are being gatekept, right? Are you really sure that all the lawmakers, particularly the black and brown ones, agree with what is happening in Gaza? I challenge you and I say, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think many are, you know, disappointed, but they don't get the space. So you see, what's happening there does reflect on the treatment, right? and where we are with white supremacy and fascism right here. Because that war over in Gaza, right, the framework of what happened there is fascism. I'm gonna let you do your own research on that. It's like a, it's like a you know, a recipe. I have a sprinkle of fascism, two tablespoons of fascism, add a tablespoon of uh, white privilege in there, two tablespoons of white supremacy, add a tablespoon of conservatism, and we have what's happening in Gaza. 
How many years are these people are supposed to live like that? How long are we going to watch this happening where we see these videos of these children who just came out from hiding under a shelter, bloodied up, right? Looking, screaming, crying for their parents, right? How many Muslims have to be criminalized, right? Chastised, beaten, killed on a large scale before we say enough is enough. How many black and brown people have to be criminalized, beaten, demoralized before we say enough is enough? And right here in the United States, we can't say too much about what's happening because you know, it's to the point now, there's no freedom of speech. You even say, Puh, and you might get written up for that. That's wrong. That's really, really wrong. I say this a lot and I'll say it again. Don't be confused by, you know, not having the same opinion as someone else. That might be where you find some great solutions. And right now, the United States is not seeming or acting like it wants a solution, right? Because it has not, at least it is not as forthright and forthcoming. We're calling for a ceasefire. Now, we don't want the United States to get too involved there because this will definitely go in a whole different direction. But that does not mean they could not listen to the cries from the United Nations, which, by the way, happened a few days ago, if not at least a week ago, where the UN was warning about this and saying that, listen, stop supporting Israel with this, United States, because if you keep supporting Israel, you're going to build it, you're adding fuel to the fire. So don't feel like what happened just happened out of nowhere. There was a whole buildup to this. And this is why you must look at what's happening in Palestine and Gaza. Go do your research first before you decide, you know, the Israel people have all this right to say what they're saying and, you know, their side of the story gets shown, right? Think about that for a second. Think about the fact that you have ministers from Iran and China coming up now saying, look, Israel, if you don't cut it out, we are going to get involved. They cut off the transportation to Egypt so those who are fleeing for safety can't get there. Right. So what could we do right here? What we could do right here is have honest conversations. The price of food and the cost of living in the United States is already pretty high. But it's not only here. Right. So when you think about what's happening in Palestine and Gaza. Right. And this whole thing with Israel and all of that. Think globally. Why after COVID-19? Why the fuck would anybody want to go to war? Because who do you get rid of? Who pays? Who pays? Who ends up always remaining poor? And who gets to climb up? Who would have to deal with what is there and make use and, you know, just have to exist with that versus who would have access? Who do you think that would be? Think about that for a second. Before you turn your back on Gaza, before you decide, well, shit, that's happening over there. They had nothing to do with me. You're wrong. You're very, very wrong. You are very, very wrong, my friend. What's happening over there in Palestine has more to do with you than you think. Right? More to do with you than you think. I keep saying it over and over for a reason. Think about who they're going to draft first. Think about who's going to have to scramble to, you know, to find work, to find resources, to find anything. Think about that for a second. 
Think long and hard, right? This is a war. This is ethnic cleansing at its finest. This is what this is. This is what where we're at right now. This is a war in Islam. This is a war in black and brown people. White people, what you gonna do? You're gonna sit there and continue to be amused or you're gonna start saying, all right, everybody, time out. Time out, time out, time out. We don't need to start taking it out each other and work. We don't need to start taking it out each other. Like right now I'm worried about the corner store people. My friends at the corner stores and the gas stations and who have their little stores and restaurants. I'm worried about them because people don't realize how real the attack on Islam is. Who do you think they're going to go after? It started already. It was already happening. You already had Muslim people being harassed and attacked. Mosques were being, you know, <laughs> violated. Let's put it like that. Okay, that was already happening. And then now this is happening. And look at who's supporting what, and proudly too. How many marches? I just said, personally, I'm not going to those marches because I've seen it too many times. It gets violent, right? I didn't come here for that. And also as a black immigrant organizer, it's not a space where I get welcomed into, right? It's not one where people say, hey, by the way, you know, come on down. If anything, we get like 15 seconds of fame, if that, right? It's just like a check on the box. And th that's ironic, isn't it? Think about that for a second. That's ironic. There's a lot of assumptions when black and brown people get left out of, excluded from, and not invited to things. Or when white people have really strong um, opinions of a particular black or brown advocate. You have to be really conscious of that. Because why would a white person be looking down on a black or brown advocate, activist? Why is that? Power and control. So you mean to tell me you're going to be part of a movement and say that you're against power and control and all these other things, but then when black and brown people are in the space, you, you, still, you still control the space. Tell me how that makes sense. Tell me how, you know, any of that makes sense because it really doesn't, it really, really doesn't, right? And what we need to do now collectively, what needs to happen right now is that people need to realize you don't need to be a Muslim to stand up for Gaza. You just need to be a human being. You just need to be a human being, right? You may or may not have experienced loss in your life. You may or may not have experienced travesty to that level. You may or may not have to figure out how to make your ends meet. I don't know, but you're still human. So yes, you can show compassion for Gaza. Yes, you can pick up your phone or email or message your legislators and say, tell them to stop the ethnic cleansing. Stop this genocide and the apartheid, enough is enough. Enough is enough, okay? How many more? And if they started there, who and where is next? Don't, don't forget that. When you look at Gaza, which I hope you do, I invite you to look up or research at your leisure current pictures of Gaza and try to find more recent ones, pre the bombing and all that. And I want you to look at the city, 
right? Without reading where you're looking at. And tell me if that does not look like somewhere you've seen before. Because it's densely populated, poor people trying to survive. You're telling me we don't see that outside in America? Of course we do. Of course we do. But why we keep doing it? Why, why are we as human beings so intent on this power and control? Like this is just, I hope none of those people went to church or near church, to be honest with you, because I don't think that's what that's about. But let me just say this again. The best thing you could do for Gaza right now is to say a dua. Because when Gaza cried out to man, when Gaza cried out, when, when the voices screamed, man ignored. So we must ask Allah. We must ask Allah for guidance, strength, and empowerment for Gaza. We must, because man did not care. And we must look at each other and ask for forgiveness in our slighted ways, right? Because we should do more, we can do more. Put your pride aside for 15 seconds. Share that story about Palestine. Encourage that black or brown person, not just one, but many, to be part of the movement. Invite them, follow their lead, give them that space because that's what's going on to Gaza. So if you don't like what's happening over there, don't encourage it over here. You see people being attacked for their, you know, their stance. Don't encourage it. Don't allow it. That should not be happening. Because now this is warfare in a different way now. Okay? What did you learn from COVID-19? What did you learn? Did you learn anything at all? Right? Where is humanity right now? Why are we okay with seeing these people, like I said, and I, I'll say it again, there are things you probably take for granted, right? That the people of Gaza wish they had, right? For example, a running, <laughs> running water, a bathroom, somebody to argue with, a roof, food that you could cook, right? Transportation that's reliable for the most part. I never said we're all perfect, but you get the general idea. Children right now are walking around looking for their parents and caregivers. You know, families are scrambling to find each other and doing this while trying to evacuate at the same time. I said it before, I'll keep saying it throughout this episode. Gaza cried out to man and man ignored. Man did not hear their screams. Man did not hear their cries. We are asking, please, this is an attack on Islam. This is an attack on the people of Gaza. This is an attack on black and brown people. The best thing you could do is to say dua for Gaza and lift up their voices. Let Allah come and guide, protect, and strengthen the people. Let Allah come and do what man refused to and could not do. That's what needs to happen right now. What will be helpful is if you see stories about what's happening in Palestine, please share them. Right now, these folks have limited communication with the world. Let their stories be told, right? Content creators are under attack right now, okay? Videos are being pulled down or they're being reduced. You know, stuff like that is happening, okay? So please, if we all come together and we share the stories, 
and we say the duas and we give it over to Allah, we will succeed. Allah will help us. Know that. Because man cannot do what Allah will do and can do. Know that. Okay? And that's what we must do. If you're at a protest and you see again violent, walk away. Do not engage in the violence. We are not violent people. Do not let them put that stain on Islam. Do not let them put that stain on humanity, right? If they want to use guns and shoot at each other, let these people do it to each other and each other only, but not the rest of us, okay? That's the message here. That's what we should want. There are children, families, people, human people. Think about the disabled person who couldn't run from the bomb. Hmm? What about the deaf person who didn't hear it? Mm -hmm. What about, you know, all the people who are just sitting there innocently minding their business? They didn't do anything wrong. Don't blame the people of Gaza. They didn't do anything, right? They never had a chance to succeed, much like black and brown people. Mm -hmm. Much like black and brown people. Much like the black and brown people right here in good old America. They never had a proper chance to succeed. There's always a reason why. Some gatekeeping, some gaslighting. And it's almost as if the world gets entertained by watching their pain, kind of like what happens here in America, isn't it? Because how many times are we going to march about the police brutality and the bad policing and the horrible, you know, injustices, including the many brothers and sisters who are serving time for bullshit and long sentences due to our justice system or the student loans that nobody could repay because we don't get a safety net. We don't get anybody to save us. We don't get that. And now we are looking at what that looks like in Gaza. That's what that looks like. If you ever wondered what it looks like to have to deal with oppression, look at Gaza. That's us, right? And what we should not do is encourage and empower this violence. We should not do that, okay? Because that's what they want. They want us to get violent so they can say, well, we had to do this because you did that. No, 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 no. That is not the way. And you know that. That is not the way. Right. If white people want to sit there and have a protest where they do it for themselves by themselves, that's fine. Let them do that. You can still organize with your people. Why not have like a whole, you know, prayer gathering where everybody says do us? That would be great. That would be great. I think that would be very well appreciated. Right. Lift up the voices and cries to Allah. So that Allah can give the strength and the guidance and the empowerment and the protection. That's what we need to do. We need to share the stories. We need to support each other. We need to keep their stories streaming. Because right now, the, the gatekeeping of the information is really, really bad. Really bad. You're not hearing everything. You're only hearing one side. And that one side, of course, is skewed to the oppression. So you could do your part by simply sharing a video and taking a few minutes to say a dua for the people of Gaza and lifting up their names, have conversations with your neighbors because we know that people are already, particularly black and brown people, particularly black and brown men, they're already talking about the possibility of a draft, the possibility of a World War III, right? These conversations that need to happen, 
If you don't want to go to a protest in the street, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I admit it that right now I have no intent, especially ones that are, you know, organized by white face and white ran groups because I know what it feels like to be tokenized and I don't feel like doing that. But more so, I don't like being in an environment where it will get violent. And I know it will get violent because that's what's been happening so far with these protests. This is a real attack on Islam and there are millions and millions of Muslims across the world. We must protect each other, okay? And to do so, we do so by lifting the voices up to Allah. Say that dua, share the story, okay? Write the post about what is happening in Palestine and why you're against it. Reach out to your legislator and say, please call for ceasefire and the protection of these people. You could do that. You could do that, right? You don't know their information? Google it. You never know. You never know who may have a connection to whom, right? But start the conversation because things are happening and they're happening really fast. And the cost of living and the standard of living for some of us here in the United States is a really not so good and it's getting worse. It's about to get cold. And there's so many of us without stable housing, if any at all, right here in America. Do you really want this country to go to war? Is that really gonna solve what's happening there? My answer is no. Because the truth is the people who are making these idiotic decisions here about doing that, how much do they really care about the people who are dying? I don't see that happening, right? As I said before, hundreds of marches, hundreds of marches saying, please don't bomb. And yet people are okay with throwing bombs at children and women and killing them all. Why is that? You know, we didn't learn anything from COVID and all that loss. We didn't learn anything. We didn't learn anything about survival and taking care of each other. We didn't learn anything. Are we not confused as to why after COVID allegedly calmed down, you know, now these people want to go to war? Why is there so much emphasis on strengthening the wealth gap and maintaining oppression? There's a cause to war, you know, right? There's the physical, mental, and of course the financial. Who do you think is going to pay for it? Who do you think is going to have to raise kids by themselves or figure out how to live after or during, right? Who, I mean, what do you think is gonna happen? You think the black and brown communities are not gonna pay? I think you need to reconsider that. I think you really need to. And for the white people wondering what to do, well, don't just look at each other. Call your legislator, call your lawmaker, call your mayor, say, look, I need you to stand up against this thing. Call the news station and say, stop reporting only one side, because that's what's happening. Or just call your friends and say, hey, it's Sunday, um, I'm making dinner. Could we sit down and say a dua, a prayer for Gaza? Because that's so powerful. Ask Allah to intercede because man ignored. Man ignored the cries, man ignored the voices. You know, man did not care. So we need Allah to step in now because we don't want it to get worse. How much more devastation do we need to see? How much longer must this apartheid go on? How many more families should be separated? Again, I invite you to look up pictures of Gaza and then look at pictures of black and brown communities and you ask yourself, where's the differences there? 
okay? Oppression is oppression. Right now, we're all watching this thing unfold. We're fortunate we get to watch. Could you imagine that you're standing there and every five minutes you have to figure out which way to run? I can't even. I cannot even, you know? And I'm asking you, you know, let, let us use this as an opportunity to show that humanity cares. Talk to your friends, have the conversations, talk to your lawmakers, say that to us, share the stories, call for an end to this thing. Stop glorifying war. Stop glorifying killing children and women. That is not the way. Stop glorifying, you know, attacking people for showing support for Palestine. Don't do that anymore. Don't allow it, don't encourage it, don't be part of it, right? Because you see, by allowing those things and encouraging those things, think of the bigger picture. How many more? I don't think there should be one more. I really don't think there should be one more. And I'm asking you to join in solidarity. Don't encourage any violence, okay? If you go to an event, a protest or whatever, let them white people get violent by themselves. You don't need to participate. If you feel like hosting a prayer circle or a vigil at a corner, do it. Do it. Do it in solidarity and ensure and ask people to be respectful of the space, right? Lift up the voices for Gaza. We have people right here in America who are suffering as well. We should come together collectively and recognize that together we recognize it and we could challenge it and we could change it, right? That would be the best things you could do for Gaza right now. Okay, don't ignore them. Don't ignore the cries. We must, we must put it up there for Allah to save Gaza. Gaza is very important as we all are, right? And while humanity has been and is failing Gaza right now, Take that minute, say that dua, lift up the voices. Let's change that together. Don't encourage the violence. Don't encourage any violence, right? Yes, we know that they're sharing all these stories that skews the Israeli you know, war crimes to be positive, which is wrong, because these are not positive things. But how we could counter that is by sharing the stories and links and everything else to show the other side of that and also by saying do us together and asking Allah to do what man cannot and did not want to do, right? Because this is, this is I don't even know what word to use. And we must think like that. We cannot speak of oneself. We must think of all of us, right? The fact that these people, again, I don't know how they're surviving. To me, that's Allah. That's Allah, near to impossible. The hospitals now are running out of supplies. You know, there are more bodies coming in than staff. People are getting tired. The staff is getting tired. It's a lot going on, but you're not hearing about that. So if you do see stories, you know, and of course, credible ones, and if you do see like news articles and stuff, please share, please share. If you go to a pro-Palestine protest, please be respectful. This is not a space or place to exert your ego, okay? Please respect the space. Show up in solidarity, act in solidarity, come in solidarity, 
and leave in solidarity. If others want to come and provoke violence, let them do so on their own. This is a global attack on Islam. The best thing you could do is say a dua and show support for the people in Gaza and Palestine. Share their stories, share their voices. They will never be and are not going to be forgotten. We will not let that happen. And we'll be peaceful and we'll be harmonious because we can do this. We know this, we know what this is. We are not one with this genocide and we do not want to see this apartheid go on. We are not in agreement with this ethnic cleansing and this attack on Islam, but we are peaceful, okay? And we can do this and we will do this. Black and brown people have long standed with the people of Palestine and Gaza and we will continue to do so and we will walk together towards freedom harmoniously. Well, that's all for now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Your continued support, encouragement, and empowerment. Before we sign off, if you don't mind joining me, I'd like to have a moment of silence for the people of Palestine. Thank you all so much for your continued support and encouragement for liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. Thank you all for joining in our moment of silence. Thank you all for saying duas and prayers for the people of Palestine and Gaza. Thank you all for standing up in solidarity with the people of Palestine, black and brown people, and against all of this. Your solidarity is greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. That's all for now. Fist up, smile on. See you.